Hey everybody, this is Jim from faithtestedbyfire.com, and you are listening to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. All right, welcome back everyone. It's so good to be back here with you today recording another podcast episode. It's been a while. It's been several months since I recorded a podcast episode, and one of the reasons for that, actually there's a few reasons. The first was I had a sense that we were entering into a different time. It was hard to put my finger on. And also I was going through a type of transitionary period in my own business where I was learning things that would help me, I guess you'd say, take what I'm doing now and bring it to a the next level, the next phase. And life is like that. You go through these phases where you get a certain amount of education or understanding or insights and then you move from that into applying what you've learned what you've studied and you get results and you make adjustments and it's a process that goes on and on through throughout life life is like a series of many seasons just like within any single year we have spring summer fall and winter and and life in a similar way has many different types of seasons depending on how old you are and what you've experienced and but uh, I came to some other conclusions also and on the last podcast I talked a little bit about the prophetic ministry and what the church is like here in America and other uh, parts of the world when I say church I'm referring to uh, just Christian organizations Christian people in general that subscribe to certain maybe sets of beliefs you know, we can take a topic like Christianity in the Bible and we can look how different groups of people believe differently. And I remember as a new Christian back um, in the 80s thinking to myself, who's right and who's wrong? And basically what I wanted to do was align myself with the people that were closest to the truth. Now, one of the things I've learned over the years is that no matter who you quote unquote align yourself with or what beliefs you hold to be uh, the most important, of course, there's foundational truths that remain consistent from one camp to the other. But one of the things that I stress uh, in this current time, not just the current time that we're in, but where I am in my own life, is that the scriptures say that we see through a glass darkly. We know in part and we prophesy in part, it says. Let me take a moment and read this from the New King James. Let me just pull this up on my tablet. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know, it's known as the love chapter with a lot of people. Let me start in verse number eight. It says that love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Well, we saw that quite a bit over the last 12 months, I think, especially when it came to uh, politics. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether um, there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Now, this is interesting. We know in part and we prophesy in part. This is going to lead up to the scripture that I just said that we see through a glass dimly, or here it says we see through a, we see in a mirror dimly. Let me just finish this up. Uh, for we know in part we prophesy in part but when that which is perfect has come then that which is in part will be done away with that's verse number 10. so obviously we know in part we don't know in full that's 
that's a given. Then in verse 11, it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, and I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. So I guess what I'm saying here is that, and, and you know, I've been a believer a long time. I'm not trying to, to brag about it, but I've known about walking in the Spirit and faith and what the Bible promises since uh, 1986. And although I prayed before that time, I prayed for more of a um, Roman Catholic mindset uh, that I was uh, brought up in. And then after that went to just, you know, what the Bible says and trying to understand it. But this whole notion that we can figure things out or go with the group that is closest to the truth, I think that in, in and of itself is what it's saying here when it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child and I understood as a child and I thought as a child. Sometimes I think that from a spiritual perspective, from God's perspective, we're asking childlike uh, questions that really don't make any sense. It's kind of like the little uh, person in the back of the car in a long journey, little kid saying to the parent, when are we going to be there? When are we going to be there? Or asking a question and following up with an endless series of whys, why, why, why. And, you know, the more pa- the more patient the parent is, <laughs> maybe they just kind of say because uh, and, and give a quick answer. But, you know, that only that only goes on for so long. And you can think about things that you did. I know I think back to even in my teenage years, things that I said or ways I acted that just embarrassed about it now. And uh, I think that, you know, that's true for everybody. And then it says in verse 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly. But then face to face. Another translation says, now we see through a glass dimly. Let me pull this up in the King James Version and see what it says in that. Uh, let's see. King James Version says, for now we see through a glass darkly. I like that, the word glass there, because what I get here, especially in the King James Version, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. I remember there were times where uh, we were looking for a building to rent or space to rent. If you've never looked for a building to rent for commercial purposes, you know, in a, maybe in a strip mall is a good example where they have those big windows that you could look in, but sometimes they're all papered up and you really can't see inside, or sometimes it's dirty, or it's sunny outside, you really can't see inside, so you press your face against the glass and you try and see in there and you can make out certain things, but you really can't see it clearly. That's the picture that I get uh, from this. When you're looking at something and trying to figure out what they're doing inside, but you really you don't have a clear picture. Yeah, you can make out certain things definitely. Well, there's definitely a desk there and some things like that, but you don't get the crystal clear um, picture of what it is that you're looking at. You don't get the crystal clear image or vision of, or whatever it is that you're looking at. And so when it says, now we see through a glass darkly, I think that uh, the reason the Holy Spirit was given to us, in part at least, is so that he could lead and guide us into all the truth. So the Holy Spirit was given to us. And now think about this for a minute. We have the Bible, we have the scriptures. If the scriptures in and of themselves, if they were enough, in other words, if knowledge was enough, think about this for a minute. You have people who are Bible scholars and they know the Bible very well. You have people that can quote scriptures, and but yet you don't really see them maybe living victoriously or overcoming the problems and challenges of life. And so if uh, overcoming the challenges of life just came down to, quote unquote, being a Bible scholar, 
you know, by definition, someone who studies the Bible. You can study the Bible. I'm sure there's people who don't even believe who've studied the Bible, maybe for educational purposes or to pass a uh, some sort of a uh, college curriculum or, or who knows. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us into all the truth. So think about this. Adam and Eve didn't have scriptures to go by. They just had what God told them at the time. And before the Old Testament, you know, quote unquote, pen to paper, uh, before the um, the scrolls were written, right, before we had all of that, people were basically led by the Holy Spirit. The prophets were led by the Holy Spirit. So, you know, on one side, the argument over the years in Christian circles has gone kind of like this. It, without the Spirit, if you just look at the at the Bible, we have what might amount to just dead legalism. This is what the Bible says. The letter of the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. On the other hand, if we put the Bible to the side and just go by the Spirit alone, then some people would argue that we just have wild fanaticism. The things happen which are against what God said. And so, yeah, there has to be a balance. But, you know, to think that you're going to find the balance of yourself. And so one of the things that I see that and one of the things that's changed in me is that in the past I relied quite a bit on my own um, ability to acquire more and more knowledge of how spiritual things worked, how prayer worked, how faith worked, how the gifts of the spirit worked, how authority worked, how the supernatural world worked. And, um, and you see this a lot in, all, in many different circles where people put such a great emphasis on knowledge. I mean, there's like an endless amount of books that are written on how to do this and how to do that, how-to type books. And I'm not saying that anything is wrong with the how-to type books because I've written a few of them myself over the years. When, but when I look at it now, I realize that there's two sides to a coin, not just one side. There's the earthly manward side of things where, yes, we increase in knowledge. The Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. But if you take that too far, then what happens is you're always leaning on your own understanding, the very thing that the Bible says not to do. Trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. You know, I can look back at my own life at certain times where I leaned on my own understanding. And when you're leaning on your own understanding, then, it, and again, the Bible doesn't say not to use your understanding. It just says don't lean on it. When you're leaning on your own understanding, you have to deal with quite a bit of uh, fear and anxiety because you're wondering if your calculations are adding up correctly. I suppose there are certain occupations in the world, probably in the scientific community, where having the wrong calculations or in, in the world of engineering can end up in, in a catastrophe. Think about that. When an airplane is being designed, if the calculations are wrong, or some type of a um, you know, space shuttle or whatever, if the calculations are wrong, the result could be catastrophic. And we've seen that historically happen. We've also seen things when balconies have collapsed because they weren't properly designed. So yeah, I could see that when you have to rely on your own understanding and when your own calculations have to be correct, if they're wrong, if they're off this time, it doesn't make any difference whether they were right the previous hundred times. If they're off this time, 
then catastrophe can happen. So see how the balance works. Number one, we know what the Bible says, but every situation has elements in it. Even if the, even if the situation is similar to something that you have experienced at a previous time in your life, a test, a trial, a problem, a sickness, a disease, pain in your body, financial problems, even though what's happening right now may seem similar to what you had in the past, it's different. Living in a different time and not every element is identical. So sometimes you try and repeat what you did in a past situation to try and get it the same result in a future present situation and it just doesn't work. And I have to tell you that those types of things used to really bother me. It wasn't until I guess you could say um, I grew out of it or recognized the need to grow out of it. Maybe I'm still growing out of it. It's hard to say. Again, we see it through the glass <laughs> darkly or dimly. Um, but it says then face to face. Let me finish verse number 12. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Think about that. Now abide these three, faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And so I think it's so important. What does that mean from a practical, pragmatic standpoint? What is love? I think that to sum it up, and I'm just doing a brain dump right now, God is all in, in his care and, and in his heart towards you. God is all in with me. He's all in with us. He's given us everything he could possibly give us. He did it at the cross. But this system is set up where we're in a place where in order for us to operate or function in this place of grace, God's unearned favor, in order for us to receive from him without having to rely on our works, without us having to rely on our own righteousness, um, we have to come through the door of faith. And when we learn that, it's liberating, but yet there's part of us in our mind that finds that kind of like, well, it's all back on you again. And when everything is back on you, there's that element of uncertainty there. We can label that uncertainty maybe unbelief. And, and we've seen this happen before. We've seen a great example of this is Peter when he started walking on the water. He said, Jesus, if that's you, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. And so he started. He stepped out, started walking on the water. But then seeing the wind and the waves, he suddenly became afraid and he began to sink. He didn't sink just immediately or suddenly. He began to sink. That means the water probably went you know, up over the top of his foot, up to his ankle, and then probably up to his calf. And he became afraid as he was sinking and he cried out to Jesus and Jesus helped him. Now, what would have happened, do you think, if seeing the winds and the waves and he became afraid, if he just cried out to Jesus right there? Think about that. So what I'm saying is we're designed in such a way that even though we have the knowledge, even though we have the information, there is still the need for reliance on God. In other words, self-reliance, just taking the truth and working it in your own situation will only get you so far. Now, you can know things and you can have insights and you can apply those things and you can get a, a good result. You can get a great result or a fantastic result. But when I look at the Bible and I couple what I see in the Bible both in the experiences of the people there that we see their lives have already passed, we see the situations they were in, plus 
the lives of the people around me, I have to come to the conclusion that like the two sides of that coin, on one side, it's what we know, what we can do, what we understand. But on the other side, there is God's part in it and the need for him to personally be involved in each situation, in each challenge, and sometimes more than others. Sometimes the situation goes so far beyond our knowledge that if we had to rely on what we know, which you know we kind of tend to do, think about that. If you don't know how to solve a problem, take three problems. Take one you know how to solve. Two, you kind of sort of know how to solve, but there's a few parts of that that you're really not quite sure of. And three, you have absolutely no clue on how to do it. Which one of those brings the greatest amount of stress and temptation into your life? The one you know how to solve completely, the one that has a few things that you're really not so sure about, or the one that you know nothing about, right? It's got to be the one you know nothing about because then you can do nothing. Or depending on how you're wired, right, we're all a little bit different. It might be the one where you know, you know, three quarters of what to do. It's just that last quarter that you're uncertain of. Depends on how you are. And so both types of personalities need the Holy Spirit. In other words, they need a direct interaction with God the Father. They need a direct interaction with Jesus, the Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. They need a direct interaction with those two through the Holy Spirit. Now think about this. Jesus said when his ministry was coming to an end, he told the disciples that it was to their advantage to go away because the ministry of the Holy Spirit was going to take over where he left off. And he said he would lead and guide them, the Holy Spirit would, into all the truth. And he would only tell them what he heard. In other words, the Holy Spirit tells you what he's hearing from Jesus, what he's hearing from the Father. And so just like the three, like they are three in one, even though we don't see the word Godhead in there, we see plural where the word talks about Elohim. I think that's referring to more than one, which means God the Father to me, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So those three are one, and you look at how we're designed in the image and likeness of God. We, we are spirit people. We have a soul, and we live in a body. We also have three components that make up our whole. So, so wherever your, your, your spirit being is the part of you that goes on after the, the body doesn't, right? You live in a body. God came to earth in a body in, in, through Jesus, in Jesus. Now, it's hard to say... Well, I understand how this works scientifically, all right? I could map this out on paper. Yeah, we can make some crude drawings, but we really don't understand. Yeah, you know, we can pretend we understand, but people really don't understand 100%. They don't know as they're known. Let's put it that way, right? We know in part, we prophesy in part, we see through the glass darkly. And so that's why we need the Holy Spirit. So I, I, the reason why I brought this up so much, the reason why I'm focusing on this right now it's because back in the uh, early 2021, I started feeling like we were just in a different time. I know we're in a different decade, right? We're in the 2020s now. We just came through the 20 uh, through the 2010s, right? So I, and I, I think back about the past, the 90s, the 80s, the 70s. And, and yeah, we're in a different time and things have changed. So I began to look at these two perspectives of faith. We have faith, we have belief, we have knowledge, 
But sometimes what we have isn't enough to get the job done. Sometimes what we have isn't enough to get the victory. And the good thing about that is if you don't have enough, when you come to the end of your rope, so to speak, then know that God has a limitless supply. So you, you take what you have. This is something, this is a principle that we see over and over again in the Bible where people used what they had. They did what was in their power to do. And when they could do no more, then God took off or took up where they left off. <clears throat> Think about that for a minute. Now, sometimes if you read the Bible stories and even in your own life circumstance, have you ever thought, well, you know, Lord, if you just stepped in right now and just fixed this problem, or if you caused this to happen. You know, recently, I got locked out of the house and uh, I, I didn't have my key with me and we have this um, door. It's like a digital number key system and I couldn't get in and uh, you know, try as I may. And I just remembered thinking, do you know how easy it would be for the Lord to send an angel and just push the bolt back? And now, depending on how you perceive things like prayer and faith and authority, you might say, well, I would just go for it and, and just speak to the lock and command it to open. Some people would do that. Some people would pray for God to send somebody to help them. Some people might pray for the lock to open. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to do it. And I've tried all those types of things out in my own Christian experience, everything from car problems to, to this. And, and so the, the difference is what I've learned over time, again, we see through the glass dimly, was that in each of those prior situations, there were elements within myself that differed. In other words, sometimes I had a lot of confidence, sometimes not so much. And so what I learned is I have to be who I am in the moment. I can't be who I want to be. You know, I, in other words, if I have a bad attitude and something bad happens, then that bad attitude doesn't go away with just a snap of the fingers. Sometimes it takes a little work. But I'm sitting there looking at the door and I remember praying. I'm like, Lord, please, please help me get in without me having to call a locksmith. I remember saying that. And I had another family member standing next to me trying to figure out what to do next. And within about 15 seconds, I was told, I suddenly kind of jumped up and I said, you know, earlier today, I remember opening a window in the back of the house. And usually we have sliding windows. I slide it shut and lock it after I'm done maybe airing out a room or something like that, getting some fresh air in. On the off chance that I didn't lock the window, let me go in the back and check it out. Now, up until that time, I, you know, we checked every window out except the, you know, in the back because those are always closed and locked. And so I ran around the back of the house, and sure enough, not only was the window unlocked, but it was also open. So all I had to, all we had to do was take off the screen and push the window to one side and take a chair and climb up into there. And needless to say, it was very easy. Finally got in. And that was after 30 minutes of trying to figure out what to do and how to solve this problem. Now, somebody may say, especially non-Christian type people, oh, that was just 
circumstance. That, that would have happened anyway. But, you know, I look at it like this. You know, the Lord knew what was going to happen. I, I give God the, whenever something good happens, I give God the credit. Rather than just say, oh, you know, it just God doesn't have anything to do. Because I believe that we are here for a reason. We have a purpose. We have a destiny. It doesn't make any difference how big or how small. That is our assignment here in this lifetime. And when we stand before the Lord, it will be just like the parable of the wealthy man who gave his talents to his servants and told them to go and invest what he gave them, and then he would return. And everyone was told they were a good servant except for the man who buried his talent in the ground and did nothing with it. I remember the first time I read that verse, I didn't want to be that person. And I think all of us, if we look at our lives, of course, we know there's more we could be doing, we could be doing better. That's not the point. There's got to be something on the inside of you that wants to grow, that wants to experience both giving and receiving good things. There's something in you. If you believe that you want to see righteousness done, you're, you're tired of seeing uh, the evil that's in this world. You're tired of seeing unrighteous people um, making the rules and making decisions and other people suffering because of it. So, you know, I did what I had at the time. I used what I had at the time, just a simple prayer. And, and how that fits into everything that I'm saying here is because if I went to the back of the house and that window was shut and locked and there was no way in, what, what would I have done? Well, I would have just known that I had to trust God. I just had to, and, and unless God reveals something to me or does something supernatural, my faith has to be in God to that this problem is in his hands and it's no longer in my hands and then just do the next logical thing that I know how to do. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I would have looked up on my cell phone and compared the replacement of a broken window to having somebody come out and drill a hole through a uh, a locksmith, you know, I don't know what I would have done. But I think the point is this. There's a lot of times where we don't know what to do, and that's okay. That's why, <clears throat> excuse me, the Holy Spirit was given to us. We have a, uh, a new reborn spirit, true. We are forgiven. We're in Christ, if you believe. All of those things are true, but we still need to place our faith in God the Father. We still need to place our faith in Jesus Christ from situation to situation and trust that the Holy Spirit who is actually present in the here and now is going to lead and guide us into the answer that we need to be in. I've, I've seen this happen with healing where people have prayed and they've just come to the end of their uh, ability, to the end of their wits. Some people who are suffering so much and I've heard their testimonies that they did, part of them just said, Lord, you know, unless I can get relief, I'd rather be dead. But I know you don't want me to, to feel that way. I know that according to the Bible, you know, Psalm 103.3, uh, forget not all of God's benefits. He forgives all of your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Exodus 15.26, I am the Lord that healeth thee and I change not. You know, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. There's all of these scriptures that point to Jesus healing the multitudes, but you know, there's times where an individual does everything that they see in the Bible, everything they understand, and they still don't have the desired end result. Could have to do with physical healing, could have to do with money, could have to do with direction in life, relationships, and all of that. 
What happens when you do everything that you know how to do and nothing changes? Well, a lot of times people just walk away. They're done. They're done with faith. They're done with God. They're done with, they just get mad. I think that, I don't know, I would have to say just everybody, every human being who has ever put their faith in the Lord at one time or another has gotten into a situation where they, their logical mind has told them, why bother? This isn't, isn't going to work. It's not working. And I can't tell you how many testimonies I've heard just over the past few years of people who came to that place and just said, Lord, please help me. I don't know what else to do. I've done everything I know how to do. And I'm just going to have to trust you at, with my life at this point in time. And after they did that, after they released that heavy burden, then something supernatural happened for them. And when I see that, you know what that tells me? That tells me this isn't just another recipe to help somebody who to receive. This isn't another blueprint or a step-by-step. This is a reality of a relationship that we as living people have with a living God, with a living Jesus Christ, with a living Holy Spirit. Right now, wherever you're at, as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit with you and he's also in you. And if you're hung up kind of on what about uh, praying in tongues and being filled with the Holy Spirit and, and, and all of that, if you've never had that experience before, ask God the Father from the depths of your heart to fill you with the Holy Spirit to the best that you're able to do so. Believe that you receive it. The, the Bible says if a man asks, will he... If a man asked a father for a bread, would he give him a stone? If he asked him for a, for a fish, would he, the father give him a serpent? He says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the father will give the Holy Spirit to them who ask him. So if you've never had that experience before of being filled with the Spirit, ask the father to do that for you. If a manifestation of some kind comes, if not, that's fine. Just from that moment forward, you just choose to believe you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So um, I think that the time that we're in, and, and again, I know I've gone down like several rabbit trails during this podcast, but I think the time that we're living now is different, but I, this is what I see happening. Just like the Bible says that uh, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches and the same sap goes through the entire tree. Just like the blood in your body, the same blood that is in, in your head goes through the entire body. And the Bible calls us the church and it calls Jesus the head and we're the body. That's the visuals that the Bible actually gives us, which means the same blood that's passing through the head is passing through the rest of the body, us. The same power that flows through Jesus, through God the Father, is also flowing through us. He is the vine, we are the branches. He is the head, we are the body. Do you see the analogies there? And I think what's happening right now at this point in history is that God is inspiring each of us on an individual basis to get back to the basics to get back to the real relationship on which we, at, on an individual basis, call out to God, cry out to God with a, a sincere and true heart, looking for help through troubled times. 
And I believe that it's in this time that we'll experience more breakthroughs and more growth than any other time that we've experienced so far. I don't think it really even matters how old you are because I think the same quote-unquote messaging, remember what the Holy Spirit, one of his uh, ministries is to do, is to whatever he hears from the Father to go and tell it to you. And the reason why I believe this so much is because of all of the Christian people I've talked to over the last year It is incredible how many people are hearing the exact same thing. And those that can't put it into words are feeling it. In other words, it's time to get real. It's not time to play churches or to play programs or to play any of those things. What we're in right now is real. The powers, the the dark powers that are in this world are real and they're manifesting. But so are God's powers. And it's almost like the sides are becoming more and more clearly defined. The dark and the light. Those who are standing for the truth and those who are promoting the lie. It's like the, the battle lines are clearer than ever before. You know, I don't know how close we are to, to the end of the story. But I know this. You know, I, I've been on this earth for, um, I, I'm in my mid-50s now. And I don't know how, uh, how long my assignment goes for. I know the Bible says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. So I'm sure that uh, I haven't fulfilled my course yet because I don't feel that inner satisfaction that I've done everything that I was supposed to do. I don't know how you feel about it, but for yourself. But I think there's just so many opportunities today to really let our light sincerely shine and to be able to do the things one-on-one, connecting with other people, real people. And we're able to do it today in a way that we've never able in any other time in history to do it before by use of all of these platforms we have online, audios, videos, the written word, and things I, I see are really, really accelerating. And, you know, I look at the end of the book and I see even this in the book of Revelation how some things seem kind of, well, you know, kind of frightening. <laughs> Get right down to it. You know, all of these things just uh, coming on the earth and the Bible says men's hearts failing them for fear, but that's not us. For those who believe, right, the word is different. It's look up because your redemption draws near. The tree of life, the leaves of healing, all of those things are available to you. And we are closer than when we first started to entering into uh, the final chapter, both as individuals and I think in mankind in general. We're closer than when we first started, absolutely. Anyway, I'm going to put the bookmarker in it there. Those are just some thoughts I wanted to share with you today. I hope you got something from that. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to being back with you again. Maybe that will be soon. Maybe not. But either way, Lord willing, looking forward to the days and weeks ahead. Have a great rest of your week. God bless you. And I'll talk to you soon.